Hello, and welcome to Hugenhoff Podcast, episode 115. Today, I will be continuing the Thoughts Inspired by series, and I'll be talking about here. Um, before I do that, I will do the station news. So if you want to check out my website, feel free to do that. You can go to www.hugenhoff.org. You can email me at hugenhoffpodcast at gmail.com, or... You could subscribe to the RSS feed there under the podcast page. If you wanted to read any of Lore's books, you can still do that. Uh, You can just search Stephen Oaks on Amazon. He's got a ton of books there you can read. You can also search My Name, Byron Rogers, and Lightbringer is the only book I have. I'm probably not writing another book anytime soon, so yep, that's the only one. Anyway, with all of that out of the news, out of out of the news, with all of that out of the way, thank you for joining me, and let's talk about Tyr a little bit. So, Tyr is an important god, and you know, like most of the gods, he's got a lot of different aspects. I'm going to be focusing on one, but I don't want you to think that Tyr or really any of the gods are one-dimensional because they're not. So, I'm going to quickly go over the different parts of Tyr and then get into what. I have been thinking about lately. So, Tyr is first and foremost a god of justice. That's the most important one. He's also, but it, it's interesting because Forseti is also a god of justice, and Forseti usually has more to do with um, the court of law, and Tyr has more to do with the actual dispensing of justice. He's a god who has a sword. The sword's really important to him, so it's like, Delivering justice is more his thing than court of law type of justice. So both of these types of justices are actually equally important, but Tyr just favors the the actual dispensing of justice more. That's just more his personality, I guess you'd say. Tyr is also a god of sacrifice because there's the story about the Fenris wolf, and I'm sure everybody's heard this one, so I'll go over it very quickly. Basically... The Fenris wolf needed to be bound, and they were binding him with a magical chain, but the only way he would let them, and then they said it was a test of strength, but the only way they he would let them do that is if somebody volunteered, if one of the gods volunteered to put their hands in his mouth. So the story says that Tyr put his hands in his mouth, and the wolf struggled and struggled and struggled and couldn't break the chains and snapped his hand off, which tells us that while he was struggling, Tyr could have just taken his hand out of his mouth. But he didn't because it because because that wouldn't have been the right thing to do or the just thing to do. It was a trading of his hand for the ability to bind the wolf, which I think is important and says a lot about Tyr. Um, he didn't use a loophole to get out of it. He was like, I know that for the good of the gods and humanity in general... We need to bind this wolf. This wolf is saying, hey, I'll let you bind me if you let me take your hand, basically, and I'm willing to agree to that, so I I will do it. That's really honorable and a very just thing to do rather than, like, I'm going to try to get out of it at the last minute. So that's just something to think about with, with Tyr. Uh, to an extent, he's also a god of war. He is associated with the... Uh, with the sword so obviously i mean a lot of the gods have some connection to war because it was a 
big part of life, especially in the Viking Age, which is where a lot of our stories come from. I think a lot of those stories are older than the Viking Age, and there's plenty of stories from before the Viking Age, but that's kind of when they got written down, so the bias of the time comes in there to some extent. Uh, but again, the big thing that Tyr is about is justice, and and that is where I'm I'm going, because there is... Uh, there's this like, um, what would you say? There, there's a line. So remember how in the past I've said that everything exists on a, uh, what do you call it, a, a scale. And on, on one side of the scale is not doing anything to protect yourself and your, fr- and, and your kin. And on the other side of the scale is maybe just like blind desire for revenge. And then justice is something that hopefully we'd like to say sits somewhere in the middle. And then there's another thing we talk about a lot, or I hear it come up a lot, is the idea of vengeance. And is vengeance a good thing? And I have, in the past, many a times argued that vengeance is a good thing. And I I still think that vengeance is a good thing. If somebody hurts you, you shouldn't just let it go. You should do something about it. So vengeance is a good thing. But what do I mean when I say vengeance? Because that word can mean different things to different people. And a lot of times in the sagas, you have these stories where somebody's going to has been wronged and he's going to get vengeance. And is that a good thing or a bad thing? And the sagas, it kind of seems like it's a good thing. Like, oh, well, well, he was wrong, so he's going to get He's going to get vengeance, and that's just what you do. And then you have the story of um, Vali uh, killing Hod to avenge Balder's death. So again, that's vengeance is a good thing. So what is vengeance? Is vengeance revenge? And and I don't think it is. I think there's a distinction and a pretty big distinction there. And I think that vengeance and the way they're talking about it is far closer to Justice. I, I think it's, it means justice, not revenge. So, pulling ourselves out of this semantic argument, what about justice and vengeance and getting back at somebody? Is that right? Or should we just say like, oh yeah, you hurt me, but it, two wrongs don't make a right. I'm going to let it go. Like, maybe that's what we should do. There is, you know, on the other side, I guess you call it forgiveness. You could forgive people for hurting you. And so what should we do as, like, humans? What should we do? Should we should we forgive people? Should we seek revenge? Should we swear our lives to destroy everything they stand for? Like, how do we make that decision? Well, First of all, we know that revenge, as in this person hurt me, so I'm going to hurt them back, um, it depends on how you take it. So if you say, if you, there, there's two ways that can be wrong. First of all, that like you hurt me, so I'm going to hurt you worse. I, I don't really think that's fair. I don't think that's vengeance or justice. I think that's unfair. So like, you called me a name, therefore I will murder you. You know, that's too far. You shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. That's not, that's not really honorable. It's not, it's not justice. It's, it, it's overreacting. So that's too far. 
on one side of the scale, on the violent end of the scale. So if somebody called you a name, you know, that's a case where you could probably actually forgive them. So then we ask, well, could you just always forgive people? Because that would be nice to live in a black and white world where that's always the right thing to do. And you're like, well, like if someone calls me a name, I just say, you know what? You probably called me a name for because you're under stress, and that's okay. I'm not mad. I'm not going to do anything to get back at you. Okay, it works in that case. But what if somebody, let's just say, murders your family? Is the right thing to do in that situation, forgive them. Now, some people would actually say yes. They're like, yes, you should forgive them because who knows why they murdered your family. They probably had a troubled upbringing and all of this other stuff and, you know, flew off the handle and maybe it's not really their fault. Okay. So let's look at this a little bit more. First of all, personal responsibility has to come in here somewhere. You can't just say, people had a troubled upbringing, so it's not their fault. I, I don't know how useful that's going to be. Um, but outside of that, let's just look at that very rationally. If we had that mentality if in, in, in a country, if you had that mentality that you just forgive somebody for doing whatever, you're going to have people doing violent acts more and more often. Because, you know, if somebody says, if somebody if somebody robs you and instead of getting vengeance by taking them to court and pressing charges and getting them put in jail, you're just like, oh, well, that's okay. You probably had your reasons. Well, they'll probably rob you in the future. And then people will probably rob them. And society very quickly breaks down into anarchy. It's weird because there is a group of people that says might makes right and whoever is stronger should be in charge. And there is another group of people that says you should never punish anybody or, or you should always immediately forgive everybody for whatever they do. Whatever the crime is, you should always just immediately forgive the people. Those two mindsets would actually end up leading to the same society, I think. Because in, in one case, might makes right, well, you're allowed to rob somebody because, you know, you're stronger, so you have some inherent right to do it. And in the forgive society where you never punish anybody for anything, then nobody's able to stop you. So there will be the crazy person who happens to be willing to break the taboos because they can do whatever they want and there's no consequences for it. So I think the reason that we have the reason that we have vengeance in the first place, and even the reason that we have revenge, which can be an unhealthy thing, is because if you don't stop somebody from doing something, then they're going to do it. So I'm going to stick with, like, robbing people because it's less unpleasant than some of the other things that we could imagine. If somebody robs you and you say, well... I'm not going to stop that person from robbing me. They have no consequences. They're just going to do it again. So I think the whole idea of revenge probably or vengeance started early on, like somebody robbed me. And if this is pre-society, there's not really a court of law that I could take them to. What choice do I have but to take my stuff back through force? Um, and, and that's where this all started. And because I did that, I took my stuff back through force, I don't get robbed again. So now the society is slightly better because 
every the person who tries to rob people is getting the stuff taken back and you know maybe they're getting beaten up too because you just people don't like it when you steal from them and they shouldn't no one wants to be stolen from no one should have to be stolen from so these people not always but for the most part suffer some sort of consequences for robbing so people rob less the problem is sometimes people in the heat of the moment are not really after that righteous vengeance where they're like, I'm going to make the world a more fair place by by taking the things that you took from me, you know, and maybe doing something to discourage you from doing it in the future. It's easy to get carried away and be like, well, you made me mad, so I'm going to kill you now. And then, and then that goes too far. So that's why we have an actual society and we created courts of law so that someone impartial can decide who was wronged and what the appropriate consequences were. And I think that's a really good thing. It's really good that we have it. And for people today who want to be quote-unquote tough guys and be like, oh, if you wrong me, I'll get my revenge. That's great. Have that attitude, but get your revenge through the legal system and the court of law. If someone robs you, don't go chase them down the street and beat them up. That's not how we do things. That's not how we should do things because you are not impartial and you can't just be judge, jury, and executioner. If someone robs you, call the police and press charges. Now, a lot of times that doesn't do any good and that's really disappointing, but you've done the right thing. If somebody takes advantage of you like they rob you, then, you know, your revenge shouldn't be tracking them down it should be pressing charges because that is still doing something because you don't have to press charges when you get robbed you can just not report it and be like oh well they probably needed my tv more than i did and then be done with that but if you want some sort of vengeance or justice you would report that and then hope and trust that the legal system would take care of that to the best of its ability which, you know, sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. And that's a different conversation. Um, you have the whole like, well, what, when, what about when the court doesn't, when the legal system doesn't stop the person from doing the bad thing? Then can you get involved? Then is that a case where vigilante justice can be a thing? And I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting conversation. And I love superhero movies. And, and I love comic books, but I don't actually think the vigilante justice is a good idea. I think Watchmen is probably the most realistic of comic books when it comes to what would happen if there were superheroes. I think we delegated that to other impartial people for a good reason. And I think that that is how we get justice or vengeance in the world these days. We turn it over to the legal authorities to take care of it. So there's that. And I'm not saying there's never an exception to this rule, but I'm saying for the most part, I don't think vigilante justice is a good thing. I think that we should try to work within the confines of, of the law. Um, but the reason I think that we should still try to work, even though we are doing so within the confines of the law, is because if... I, I think on the surface, forgiving people looks like the nicest way to be because you're not having those people put in jail you're not having those people have any consequences you're you're letting them off the hook it it seems nice but 
First of all, for society, it's not because those people will continue to commit crimes if there's no consequences for them to commit crimes. And that's bad for everyone at large. And it's sort of bad for those people as well because I don't know. I don't really think most people who commit crimes are happy. I, I, I don't know. Maybe this isn't true, but I feel like they're not happy and they're doing it out of desperation. And sometimes a wake-up call will be beneficial for a person. And, you know, they'll get caught and have to return their stuff that they stole or, or whatever and have fines and everything else. And then they'll be like, ah, oh, you know, maybe I made a mistake and I shouldn't do this. Now, in a, in a perfect world, our system would be a little more about helping and maybe a little more, a little less punitive. So you, you know, if you were a criminal of some sort, you'd still go to jail, but they try to help you work out what your problems are and find out why you stole in the first place and not just like dump you in a cell with a bunch of other violent people. Because I, I, there's, there's problems with the way that we do that, right? We don't spend a lot of times trying to understand why the person stole in the first place and fix that. And I mean, part of the argument is like, oh, well, they shouldn't have it so easy. And yeah, I understand where you're coming from. But I think if you are forced to sacrifice your freedom, you already don't have it easy. Even if people are trying to help you become a better person, you're not getting off easy. And I'm not saying that like, Okay, so think of a random crime. Think of the jail time for that crime. I'm not saying the time that you have been removed from society should be lowered. I'm just saying after you're removed from society, there should be an effort to rehabilitate the person instead of just like throw them in a cage with a bunch of other people. And also that's not overly practical because then they would do come out and get right back in crime. So that that's very problematic. Um. But I mean, that's, that's getting political, right? You're, you're saying like, well, we have to get these dangerous people out of society, but what do we do with them? And that's a very good question to ask. But on the grand scheme of things, I think most people, when they really sit down and think about it, will agree that you need to take dangerous people out of society so they stop hurting other people in society. And that's what justice is, and that's what vengeance is. It's, it's saying, I have been wronged, and I have basic human rights, and I didn't deserve to be wronged in that way. So now I am going to make sure that you are taken out of society so you cannot wrong other people in the same way. I think that oftentimes when you read it in the sagas about the person deciding to go get, you know, avenge their father or... or or get revenge for something somebody else did, or whatever it is, there's this idea to think that it's all about the person, that it's extremely selfish. But especially back then in the, in the time when the sagas were written, society was very for, was at the forefront of most people's minds. Like their friends and their families and their community was really important to you. And you're not just protecting yourself when you make sure that someone who wronged you can't do it again. You're protecting everybody else who could get wronged in the future. So I guess the whole point of this is the whole idea that like vengeance is bad. I don't entirely agree with that depending on how you 
define revenge. If by revenge you mean you don't want other people, if by revenge you mean you don't want people getting away with wronging you and doing bad things and you think that they should have some sort of consequences for their action, I think that type of revenge, is that revenge anymore? I don't know. But that type of, of vengeance is something that, that we like. And, and that we should like, though honestly, these days, I think justice is probably a better word because justice implies that something is actually inherently fair. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for not going overboard and killing someone because they called you a name, but getting something just done to them. But also not just forgiving everybody for everything because that's not necessarily doing anybody any favors if you forgive every body for everything. Are there cases where you should forgive people? Yes. 100% yes. And I consider myself a relatively forgiving person. I will forgive most people for most things. But should you forgive everybody for everything? No, you shouldn't. And sometimes it's something as simple as a friendship. A friend is taking advantage of you um, by like, I don't know, borrowing your car all the time or whatever it is. And, And at some point in time, you just need to be like, no, this relationship isn't good for me. I'm going to revenge. I'm going to, I'm going to end it because that's the right thing to do. That's the right thing for me. My rights matter, and all of that. And sometimes it can be as complicated or, or as dire as pressing charges because somebody hurt you or your family. You know, if somebody were to murder me. I wouldn't have much say in the matter. But if someone were to murder my family, of course I'd press charges. And like, that that's why those laws are there. That It's illegal to murder. It's illegal to rob. If someone robs me, I will press charges. If somebody does something like that to really break my autonomy or my family's autonomy, then I'm going to do whatever I can to press charges. And again, will, will that stick? Will that work? You know, hopefully. But... But then on the other hand, a lot of times it doesn't. And and that's a whole different thing when you start talking about like, I I think there's certain situations where people like don't even bother pressing charges because they're like, well, nothing's going to come of this. And that's just sad. But I don't know what the solution to that is. Probably better, probably a better legal system though. Again, I don't think the solution is, well, let's have individuals take things into their own hands. I think the solution to that is let's make sure that our legal systems are prepared to deal with every eventuality that's out there. If if injustices are occurring in the world, which let's be honest, they are, our, our responsibility is not to become vigilante superheroes and beat up the wrongdoers because how do we know if we're right? We are extremely biased in that situation. Our goal is to do everything we can to vote for the right people who can actually make a meaningful change in the legal system where these things, where these injustices are dealt with. That's why we vote. That's why we vote for local and national elections, because there's people who at the very least, say that they believe in things and they're the same things we believe in. And we're like, hey, this group of people is not being represented or this piece of, or, or these types of crimes are not being taken seriously enough. So let's vote for somebody who's going to take them serious. And that is capturing the spirit of 
justice or vengeance far more than the person who is like some vigilante hero. The vigilante person, sure, they might save the day in a couple of situations, but they're never really going to make the lasting change that somebody who who tries to change the system is going to make. If you see that people are not being held accountable for their crimes and you go beat them up, well, first of all, there's a good chance you'll end up in jail. And that's not going to help. That's not going to hurt them nearly as much as it hurts you. And you're only going to get three or four people that way. And I don't know, that just kind of makes you feel good about yourself. You feel like you made a difference. But if you're the person who changes the law, so the crime itself, you know, maybe not in your case, maybe you were taken, you were robbed, you were robbed and you never get your money back. But now because of that, you do something that makes the world a better place and that has stricter laws on people getting robbed or however you stop that from happening, then you have helped more people. And that's why we have justice in the first place, to make a world that is more fair than the one that we used to live in. And and that's a good thing. And that's worth fighting for, trying to create a more fair world. Um, the fact that a lot of times that desire is bred from seeing the world around you is unfair is sort of depressing, but it's also true. I think a lot of us have a desire to have a more fair world because, you know, you see injustices happen and you're like, why? Why does this happen? Why are people, why are people willing to do this? And it's a crappy motivation. Like it sucks that that has to be our motivation, but a lot of times it is. But if that motivates you to be like, well, you know what, I'm going to get involved in politics, or I'm at the very least going to make sure that I vote in my election so we can make the world a better place, then at least the result is good. And that's sort of why we have vengeance and justice in the first place. We we want to have this sense that the world should be fair and we should do things to make the world more fair. And I think that is the essence of, of tier and understanding tier and understanding what in the lores or sagas is called vengeance and what I think we more commonly refer to as justice, but it it is a desire to make the world a more fair place than it currently is. And I think that's a good desire that we should, uh, that we should embrace. So I think that's it for today. Uh, Yeah, we want a just world. Justice is good. I'll leave it there. All right. So thank you everybody for listening. And if you want to check out my website, feel free to do so at www.hugenhoff.org. You can find my podcast there and subscribe to it with an RSS feed because I rarely release it on time. So RSS feed, it just pops up, you know, whenever I finally get around to publishing it. Uh, If you want to send me an email, feel free to do so. That's hugenhoff at gmail.com. And yeah, I think that's it. I will talk to you next month. Frahel. Thank you.